from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. My name is Alex Goldfarb. I am uh, the president of a small NGO called Litvinenko Justice Foundation, which is uh, dedicated to the memory of my friend, Alexander Litvinenko. Alexander Litvinenko was poisoned in London in 2006 with polonia. He died a slow, painful, horrible death. His friend, Alex Goldfarb, watched him die. And since that time, he and Litvinenko's widow, Marina, have sought to bring the real killers to justice. But in an interesting twist, not too long ago, they uh, claimed that uh, actually it was me who uh, poisoned, uh, who killed Litvinenko 12 years ago. The they he's referring to is RT and Channel One, two Russian government-operated media outlets. And in a bizarre twist, Litvinenko's own father, who said the Russian government was behind his son's death, has now reversed course and is accusing Goldfarb of killing his son. This bizarre and exclusive story coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. After the poisoning of former Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter in Salisbury, England in March, Russian state-controlled media broadcast several programs about Alexander Litvinenko's death. He was murdered in London in 2006 by Russian government-linked operatives. The broadcast suggested that the Russian government had nothing to do with his death or the Skripal poisonings. In the process, they accused Alex Goldfarb, a friend of Alexander Litvinenko, of killing him. Goldfarb and Litvinenko's widow, Marina, responded by threatening to sue RT and Channel One, two Russian media outlets, of defamation. But the real stemwinders in this story are the numerous shocking developments that have taken place in the background, including the visit Goldfarb got from the FBI in May, the fact that Alexander Litvinenko's own father, who declared early on the Russian government was behind his son's death, is now accusing Goldfarb of killing his son, and the Russian government's accusation that Goldfarb was working on behalf of the CIA when he killed Litvinenko. All of this is covered in an exclusive interview with Alex Goldfarb on this edition of Target USA. So I want to jump into this and ask, based on the current news, and that is that you and Alexander Litvinenko's wife or widow, Marina Litvinenko, have uh, essentially sent a letter to two Russian organizations, media organizations, RT and Channel One. And 
I'd like it if you would explain. It's basically a letter telling them to stop or to you're demanding a retraction. If you don't get it, you're going to file a suit. Tell us what this is about. So um, in the aftermath of the poisoning of two Russians recently in the United Kingdom with this nerve agent, uh, uh, the Russian propaganda has embarked on a very noisy prop- uh, campaign to um, distance the Russian government from that poisoning and from the earlier poisoning, that of Alexander Litvinenko 12 years ago in London. And in the course of this programming, they uh, claimed that uh, actually it was me who uh, poisoned, uh, who killed Litvinenko 12 years ago. And all the um, all the talk uh, they claimed about um, that the Russians were involved in both poisonings is just anti-Russian hysteria in in the West. Of course, all of this is false, and these uh, claims accusing me of murder uh, were broadcast after uh, a British uh, judicial inquiry uh, in uh, in 2016 have found beyond uh, reasonable uh, doubt that uh, Mr. Litvinenko was actually poisoned by two Russian agents. Uh, yes. In, yes, in all likelihood on personal orders of Mr. Putin. Yes. So let me ask you a couple of questions here. The letter that you and uh, uh, Mrs. Litvinenko and your attorney uh, essentially put together to send to those two news agency news agencies says we hereby demand that you issue a full and immediate retraction and apology with equal reach and prominence as the broadcast itself. Specifically, the retraction should clearly state that Mr. Goldfarb had nothing to do with the murder of Mr. Litvinenko and that the claim of Mr. Goldfarb's association with the CIA was totally baseless. How do you believe they came up with this connection between you and the CIA? Do you have or have you had any relationship with them? No, I don't have any relationship with the CIA. And the CIA didn't murder, I believe, Mr. Litvinenko, and certainly not through me, because I didn't do it. Uh, the They came up because it's part of their uh, false narrative that they have been pushing for years, that there is a conspiracy against Russia by the United States and Britain and their intelligence services and all the um, accusations that has been have been leveled against Russia, starting with Mr. Litvinenko and the downing of the Malaysian airliner, and now the poisoning of the Skripals in UK, are all provocations by the CIA and the West um, aimed at uh, tarnishing Russian image. Mm-hmm. So they say as well in this in this uh, broadcast, and I haven't seen it in all honesty. Um, you want them as well to say to retract that there are no grounds to suspect you of murdering your wife, that she yeah. in, in fact died of cancer. How does all of this relate uh, to what it is that they are making claims regarding Mr. Litvinenko? Is it why why are they going after you? 
Well, they're going after me because I was Mr. Litvinenko's close friend um, after his death. I was there present during uh, his death and in the few days preceding that, while he was in the hospital, I um, helped uh, him uh, write a book about uh, corruption and criminality of the Russian secret services. And after his death, I co-authored a book with his widow entitled The Poisoning, uh, Death of a Dissident, The Poisoning of Alexander Litvinenko and the Return of the KGB. So I am very visible on their radar screen, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, and um, the reason why uh, they picked me uh, is that, obviously, and the uh, reason why they mentioned my late wife is that um, the main accusers of myself on Russian TV are the two murderers, these two um, agents who were found um, by the British court to have poisoned Mr. Litvinenko, and uh, Litvinenko's father, a very... And that's, that's a very interesting piece of this story. Looking yes, Mr. Uh, yeah, the, the elder Mr. Litvinenko was a very active um, campaigner uh, against Russia in the first six years after um, the poisoning. And then he pleaded with uh, President Putin to be allowed to return to Moscow mm -hmm. and uh, apologized to him for him being part of the, as he said, Western propaganda against Russia. And he was granted permission to return to Russia. Uh, they gave him a state apartment. And since then, he totally turned around and started participating in this uh, campaign. So, about his son. so let me just make sure I got this straight. Mr. Litvinenko's father, who yes. blamed Russia for his son's death and uh, yeah. Andrei Lugovoy and Dmitry Kortvon, uh, for his death, uh, some somehow one day decided he wanted to go back to Russia and, and begged for uh, acceptance from the Putin regime, and he got it, and yeah. is now living in uh, an apartment. Uh, I think, is it a state-sponsored apartment? I don't know, but living in an apartment there. Um, and you believe that um, he is saying these things now to maintain uh, his status uh, willingly, or what do you think he, he is going well, on? I don't know what is behind, but it's clearly a part of the deal and uh, with him. And it's, of course, a very dramatic situation. It's a betrayal of his, by the father of the son of uh, Shakespearean dimensions, and it's all very dramatic. So anyway, so the uh, father of Mr. Litvinenko went on Russian TV to tell the world that before uh, that right after his son died, my wife uh, allegedly confessed to him that it was me who killed Litvinenko, and then she herself died a month later, which is as far from the truth as uh, can be because she died four years after that of cancer and it's all well established and it's a total invention. Like most of the propaganda that comes uh, from uh, this Russian yeah. fake news uh, enterprise and it, I must say it's quite effective because many 
people in the West actually fall for it. Yes, Mr. Mr. Goldfarb, let me ask this question. Did your wife, and condolences on, on, on her death, did your wife die of natural naturally occurring cancer shall we say or was do you think this had something to do with the russian activity no it had nothing to do with the russian uh, activities she died of breast cancer which mm -hmm. lasted for a year and a half four years after mr litvinenko totally unrelated but she was there in london at the time mm -hmm. of uh, Mr. Litvinenko's death together with me. She was a close friend of Mr. Litvinenko's, both of them, uh, his, him and his wife. And um, so this is part of this elaborate um, narrative which uh, the Russian propaganda has developed to um, absolve the real murderers. And this is what's happening. So, um, back to the letter, back to uh, the action, the legal action. What's been the response from RT and from Channel One? So far, Channel One has not responded. RT is a lawyer, an American lawyer that they have hired, uh, sent a short note saying that they acknowledge the receipt of the letter and will respond in due course. Why file this suit uh, or take this action in the U.S.? Well, because I'm an American citizen and a resident uh, of the state uh, of New Jersey, and um, uh, the jurisdiction is here. Mm -hmm. uh, not to mention that uh, RT and uh, Channel One have a very large audience in the United States, and they um, are quite effective in, you know, in brainwashing a certain part of mm -hmm. the American uh, viewers. Uh, and this is important to show that um, this is fake news. Part of what's been going on in the United States since the 2016 election, as I'm sure you're well aware of, is the discovery and the understanding, um, to some degree, of the American public of Russia's information operation activities. And that includes this, you know, as you call it, fake news and distorting and uh, essentially uh, making up stories and uh, essentially looking for uh, public divisions and, and, and amplifying them. Um, and as you say, they're very good at this. Um, do, so this, you believe, is more than just part of that information operation. This is a specific effort to try to absolve Lugavoy and Kortvin. Uh, this is correct, but uh, the important aspect here that the English judicial inquiry that found uh, Lugavoy and Kofton uh, to be the uh, perpetrators, it also uh, found that this was a state-sponsored murder, that Lugavoy and Kofton were agents of the Russian security service, and the order in all likelihood uh, came directly from Mr. Putin. So it is, and this is what have been mentioned uh, by British authorities uh, all the way down from the prime minister in the parliament. So it is not uh, just a part of, um, you know, um, spinning uh, the particular uh, murder case, but it's part of a larger effort to clear 
Russian state uh, um, from or of the um, horrific crimes that they have committed. Mm -hmm. And this includes not only Litvinenko's murder, but of course, the downing of the Malaysian airliner and the um, poisoning of the Skripals recently in the UK and so on, because it's tremendously uh, bad for their international image. We uh, uh, hear about the possible summit uh, of uh, President Trump and Putin next month in uh, Europe. And of course, uh, they have to um, clear up their image a little bit before that. Uh, it would look, wouldn't look very, um, very nice if uh, Mr. Putin arrives at the summit with a uh, stamp of being a murderer. That's Alex Goldfarb, a Russian expat microbiologist and anti-Putin activist who's been living in the U.S. for 40 years. And when we come back, he'll explain why there's reason for him to be concerned. About a month ago, I had a visit from the FBI who inquired whether I have seen something suspicious around me and they don't want something uh, to repeat here as it happened in the UK and so on. But I really don't... Uh, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean when you say repeat as in the UK? What specifically are they referring to? Well, it was after, after the um, poisoning of Skripal. That and much more in this bizarre story when we come back on Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. We continue now with Alex Goldfarb, who's told us a bizarre story of how the Russian government is now accusing him 12 years later of being the killer of his friend, Alexander Litvinenko. And before we went to the break, he told us, as a result of what happened to the Skripals, the poisoning in the UK in March, he got a visit from the FBI. We pick it up here. One of the things that I've learned in recent months, uh, I've done my own uh, very intense investigation of Russia's information operations and its, uh, um, you know, attempts to essentially subvert the U.S. government and other things as well, is talking to current and former national security officials, including the director of national intelligence and the former House Intelligence Committee chairman and the current vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, some of these people have, have essentially said to me that uh, Russia goes after, Putin specifically, will go after people that are essentially problematic for him. William Browder, Bill Browder is one of those people. I've spoken to him and he's said several times that the Russians want to kill him. And there have been other situations where other prominent Russians have died, like Vitaly Cherkin 
and then there's Mikhail Lesson. Um, both died under what some call suspicious circumstances. Do you feel at any point or have you felt at any point that your life is in danger? Well, uh, you know, uh, once you get involved in this, you uh, don't think about the danger. And I'm, after all, I'm here in uh, the United States, so I'm telling to myself that I'm perfectly safe, even though um, uh, about a month ago I had a visit from the FBI who inquired whether I have seen something suspicious around me and they don't want something uh, to repeat here as it happened in the UK and so on. But I really don't... Uh, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean when you say repeat as in the UK? What specifically are they referring to? Well, it was after after the um, poisoning of Skripal. Um, we know uh, that the British authorities um, started taking uh, reviewing the uh, security situation around a bunch of Russian expats yeah. who uh, are might be on Mr. Putin's hit list, and um, I'm certainly in that uh, category. Although I left Russia 40 years ago, but um, still I'm quite active in in the anti-Putin um, campaigns uh, here in the West. Uh, but as I said, I think that being in the United States is much safer than being in Europe uh, and um, they wouldn't do this here but maybe it's a wishful thinking I don't know well I won't I won't uh, venture a guess on that uh, I believe what you say and uh, you I believe that you are absolutely correct this this is a safe place to be um, but you're you're saying this as well understanding that Mikhail lesson died in a hotel in Washington DC. I think it was 2015, and yeah. he died under very suspicious circumstances. Uh, and, uh, you know, continuing to look into that case, it's there's still doubt about how he died and who. But one of the things that I want to point out about this is that the intelligence and security sources I've spoken to say that the Russian operation is very good at even that kind of thing. But you had you said the FBI paid you a visit. Um, did they warn you? What did they say to you about this all? No, I would think that was a more or less routine uh, visit. Uh, they said that I'm on the list of uh, active Russians here, and they wanted to know if I have seen anything suspicious or new people in my immediate surroundings and left me with a uh, you know, telephone number to call if there is something suspicious. So I don't think it was a very concerted um, operation. Mm. So there's been nothing, nothing that you've noticed uh, that that would 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 give you suspicion that um, there may be surveillance of you by Russian operatives. Well, I'm so visible. I'm uh, you know on Facebook every day um, discussing Russian regime and uh, this particular case and so on. No, I didn't notice anything. Okay, so what are you going to do if? RT and Channel One don't uh, essentially do what it is that you're asking them to do with this letter. You're going to sue, correct? And, and Yes, we're going to sue. We're raising money because it's an expensive proposition to run a major lawsuit. And I've seen, and your, I've seen your GoFundMe page, by the way. 
Yes, thank you. We uh, we have raised some money, uh, not enough, but hopefully it will continue. GoFundMe is a great page. And um, we are planning within a couple of, within a few weeks, I would say, uh, to file a lawsuit in the U.S. federal court in Manhattan. And uh, then we'll see what happens. I hope uh, that we'll win the case, even though it's very difficult to win a defamation case against the media in the United States because of the First Amendment protections. But in this case, I think it would be very easy to prove that it was uh, what they call actual malice, that they knew that they lied when they broadcasted this uh, programs um, and they knew that they lied because there was a British judicial inquiry which found that some other people on behalf of the Russian state actually killed Mr. Litvinenko. So I think we'll prove that and um, hopefully uh, I, I don't know whether we'll be ever able to get some money from them but we definitely will show them to be um, liars and will definitely reconfirm the British court decision that it was Russia that poisoned Mr. Litvinenko. And I think it will be generally very helpful for the cause of good. Mm. So that is basically the objective. You want to call this act, this act by these these networks out as 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 essentially a lie and a lie that was perpetrated on behalf of the Putin regime at Putin's team's direction, most likely, uh, and just point out for the public that these media organizations are not reliable. That's what we're trying to accomplish. I should say that this uh, um, propaganda that is uh, beamed to the American market by Russian uh, TV and the Russian news agencies and the army of trolls on the social media is quite effective. And there are people who take it um, as truth. Uh, and I think it's not good. Mm -hmm. Including, by the way, our president, who has said uh, on the record that he doesn't believe that Mr. Putin was involved in Mr. Litvinenko's murder. So maybe if an American court reconfirms it, he'll be more skeptical about mm -hmm. Mr. Putin. Very interesting. Um, perhaps um, on another day, we can talk to you a little bit about your thoughts about the 2016 hacking of the U.S. election um, a bit more in depth. But uh, I would like to ask this one question regarding what took place. You are from Russia um, and you know very well uh, how things work there. Uh, and I'm just wondering, um, you mentioned early in our very early in our remarks, um, the KGB, do you believe that essentially we're back in the days of the KGB-dominated Cold War uh, activities as far as Russia goes and what its objectives are and its tactics? Well, it's uh, yes and no. Uh, the difference is that the Russia is much weaker now than the Soviet Union was economically and militarily. 
so they place a very uh, big emphasis on propaganda and subversive activities. Uh, it's the major uh, thing that they're doing rather than, you know, building uh, bombs and missiles and tanks. That's number one. Number two is that um, in the Soviet times, uh, the um, Russia, the Soviet Union, was the project of the communist ide ideology, communist party, and KGB was subordinate to uh, the communist Politburo. Now it's not. Now it is the KGB that is in charge, the secret service that is in charge of Russia. It is not ideological as it was in the old days. It is uh, purely, you know, imperialistic, nationalistic, and it um, uh, strives for, uh, you know, um, geopolitical goals and undermining the West, but it's no longer ideological. So they no longer appeal to, um, let's say, oppressed uh, proletarian masses as they did in the Soviet times in the West. Uh, but they subvert through other ways like um, this fake news and propaganda. All right. The very last thing I'll ask you, and then I'll ask if there's anything you want to talk about, but um, the last thing I'll ask you is how would you um, characterize uh, Marina Litvinenko's uh, state of mind these days uh, and your own in the face of these efforts from uh, the Russian, from Russia and Vladimir Putin? Well, Marina is uh, a very brave and dedicated uh, and loyal person because she loved her husband very much and uh, he died a horrible death uh, in front of her 12 years ago, and she is she will not stop. She will determine, she's determined, she spent uh, 10 years fighting the British government for this judicial inquiry. Uh, the Brits resisted it. They didn't want to spoil relations with Putin, but she won. At one point, she sued Theresa May uh, for um, and won uh, the court, uh, which uh, essentially uh, ordered this judicial inquiry uh, in spite of the opposition of uh, Her Majesty's government. So she's very strong and she'll go to the very end. And um, what can I say? And with, as I said, with this uh, lawsuit, um, you know, when the, uh, she thought she had some sort of a closure when the British court named uh, the murderers and uh, named the people who ordered the murder in the Kremlin. But um, now it's all over again. And as I said, this propaganda is quite efficient. There are many people in uh, UK who uh, listen to Russia Today and all these programs. Uh, and for their own reasons, they don't like um, their own government and they fall for this foreign propaganda. And in the process, they start questioning uh, the Litvinenko case. 
because Marina is a very well, she's a household name in the UK. And um, she's very determined to go to the bottom, to get to the bottom of it. And she's now much involved in fundraising for the uh, court and so on and so forth. And as for me, as I said, it's uh, it's not pleasant when, you know, 60 million people around the world hear that you're a murderer, not only of um, somebody in London, but of your own wife. And then all the friends start calling telling you that they don't believe a word of what they've just heard about you on TV. It's kind of a creepy feeling. And mm-hmm. um, I want to call them, uh, you know, make them accountable mm-hmm. uh, for what they do. You know, one one other really quick thing I'd like to ask you. Um, you you were there when Mr. Litvinenko died. Can you describe what you saw? Well, uh, I saw a man uh, dying essentially a death that you would see in a cancer case. The only thing that uh, all this uh, deterioration of his uh, medical situation, his looks and his body and his mind that usually takes in the cancer cases uh, two, three years happened within two weeks. So in front of my eyes, a very strong, fit, uh, handsome man of 40 turned into an 80-year-old um, old man with his uh, hair falling out and his, uh, you know, skin wrinkled and so on. And he died in terrible, of course, um, uh, terrible, torturous death. And which- he was your friend and you watched him. And how did that make you feel? Well, I was horrified. You see, he himself was sure that it was Putin uh, that poisoned him, even though at the time he died, he didn't know it was radioactive poison. But he was sure that he was poisoned, was poisoned by Putin. And he made the statement to that effect. And he told this to the police in the hospital and so on. And then it took 10 years to have it officially confirmed. Um, I felt terrible. I felt sorry for Marina and for his, uh, Marina is his uh, uh, wife and his uh, son who was 12 years old at the time. It was a horrible thing, which probably every death is. But in my case, it was uh, Litvinenko's death that uh, kind of got me um, uh, probably for the rest of my life. Mm. I'm so sorry about that. And I'm very sorry about you losing your wife as well uh, some years ago. Um, Is there anything you want to add that I haven't asked you about, uh, Mr. Goldfarb, that you think is important? Well, it is important that we will get to the bottom of it and have an American court reconfirm what the British courts have decided in this case. And I hope we will be able to get support from the public. As I said, we have... uh, fundraising going on on GoFundMe. So if anybody wants to invest a few dollars into this very important cause, it will be very much appreciated. Mr. Alex Goldfarb, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Uh, And again, uh, condolences on the loss of your wife and the loss of your friend, uh, Alexander Litvinenko, and and for what you're going through right now. Uh, It is very difficult to imagine 
uh, how this is all uh, wrecking your life. But um, we, we thank you for taking time to talk to us about this. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Green. I'm sure we'll talk again. Yes, we will. I will make sure that happens. And one final note about Mr. Goldfarb's revelation that he'd been visited by the FBI after the Skripal poisoning. I asked the FBI if they had any reason to believe any U.S. citizens living in the U.S. might be targeted in the same way or any other way as the Skripals in the U.K. in March and by the same actors. The FBI responded that it works closely with, quote, our federal, state, and local law enforcement partners to assess intelligence around any potential threats to public safety. As always, the FBI asks members of the public to maintain awareness of their surroundings and report any suspicious activity to law enforcement. That's it for this episode. Coming up on our next program, a plot in France to kill prominent Americans. Mayor Rudy Giuliani, uh, Speaker Newt Gingrich, and... Uh... Um, uh, Governor Bill Richardson, uh, Attorney General Michael Mukasey, uh, former FBI Director Louis Free, um, uh, Francis Townsend, and several four-star generals. It wasn't an ISIS terror plot, but an alleged Iranian regime plot. We found out that the, the plan to carry out this bombing was uh, made in Tehran uh, a few months ago. And um, the decision was made in the Supreme National Security Council of the Iran regime, which is the highest decision-making body. And in our next episode, a key official who was there tells us who was behind it, talks about the sleeper cell, how it was foiled, and what this all means. That's coming up in our next episode. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to our podcast, and also let me know what you think. Send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. The largest technology conference on the planet is now on demand at Podcast One. Web Summit has teamed up with Podcast One to bring you the best in tech talk. Each weekday, listen to a new lecture or panel from one of the past Web Summit conferences. They cover everything from the future of driving to artificial intelligence. Listen free to Web Summit exclusively on Apple Podcast, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating review. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher and did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing for a limited time. 
Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.